0: Welcome back to Lethal. Let's talk about death row inmates. This week, I'll be covering a Virginia death row inmate. Okay, it's been a while since I've recorded. It's been a couple weeks. I've been super busy with life. I've been trying to balance school and work, trying to fit in time to record my podcast. And honestly, it's been so difficult but here we are. A new podcast will be recorded every two weeks and will be released Monday mornings. I know releasing an episode every week would be more ideal, but this is going to be the new schedule until I get my work and school life figured out. (laughs) But until then, let's go ahead and jump right into it. So this week I'll be covering a Virginia death row inmate. I'm covering Teresa Lewis. She was convicted for conspiracy to commit capital murder. Before we jump into the case, let's talk about Virginia death row. According to deathpenaltyinfo.org, Virginia is the first southern state to abolish capital punishment. On March twenty fourth, 2021, Governor Northam signed legislation to end the death penalty in Virginia. And murder for hire is a form of murder or assassination that we will be seeing in this specific case. It's also known as as contract killing. This is an organized crime and this is when one party hires another party to kill a person or persons. This would be an illegal agreement, obviously, which includes a form of payment. I kept the background short and sweet, so let's get into the case. So once again, I have a glass of wine, and I'm ready to jump into the case. This week, I'll be covering inmate Teresa Lewis. I was unable to find her inmate number, so we're just going with her name this week. She was executed by lethal injection on September twenty third, two 2010. Teresa was born on April 26, 1969. She grew up in Danville, Virginia. Her parents worked in a textile mill and as a young girl, she was very involved in her church and would sing in the choir. She actually married a man that she met at church. The two had a baby girl named Christy Bean. The two marriage did end in divorce. This was because Teresa became addicted to alcohol and painkillers. After the divorce, Teresa had trouble holding down a job until she started to work at the Dan River Textile Mill in spring 2000. Her supervisor was Julian Lewis Jr. He was a widower with three children. Teresa and her daughter, Christy, who was 16 at the time, moved in with Julian and his family. The two got married soon after. In December 2001, one of Julian's sons, Jason, was killed in a car accident. A life insurance policy left Julian with $200,000 and he used the money to buy a home on five acres of land in Virginia. In 2002, Charles, Julian's younger son, acquired $250,000 insurance policy in preparation for his deployment to Iraq. He designated this to his father as a primary and Teresa as a secondary beneficiary. This is where our story begins. In fall 2002, Teresa met two men at a Walmart, 21-year-old Matthew Schallenberger and 19-year-old Rodney Fuller. She had a sexual relationship with both men. And during this time, Charles came home to visit from Army training. On October 23rd, Matthew and Rodney were given $1,200 to buy guns and ammunition to kill Julian and his son Charles for the insurance money. Their first attempt did not work out. The men were originally going to make the murder look like a robbery. They were going to follow Julian home from work and kill him on the highway, but the plan was unsuccessful. However, their second attempt was on October 30th. Matthew and Rodney entered the back door of the family's trailer. Teresa left the door unlocked for the two men to enter. Teresa waited in the kitchen and told the men where Charles and Julian were. Matthew shot Julian multiple times. Rodney shot Charles in his bedroom with a shotgun three times. Charles did not die from this shot. However, Rodney shot him two more times. Teresa took her husband's wallet as he was slowly dying. She took his money out of the wallet, which was only $300, and split it three ways with Rodney and Matthew. After the shooting, Matthew told Teresa, I quote, Sorry you have to go through something like this. He hugged her and kissed her, then left. Teresa waited 45 minutes after the last shot to make a phone call. Her first phone call was to her former mother-in-law, Marie Bean. Her second phone call was to her best friend, Debbie Yeats and at 3.55 in the morning, she called 911. She stated an intruder came into her home and shot her husband and stepson. She stated both men were dead. Police arrived at the scene at 4.18 in the morning. Julian was alive when police entered the home. Julian told police, my wife knows who done this to me. And according to ABC News, she also promised the two men a portion of the life insurance policy if they murdered her husband and stepson. After the murders, Teresa was caught trying to withdraw $50,000 from Julian's account with a forged check. Police interviewed Teresa and she claimed that Julian had physically assaulted her days before his death, but also denied knowing who killed her husband. Before the killing occurred, Teresa told police she was packing a lunch for him. On the lunch bag, she wrote, I love you, I hope you have a good day, and drew a picture of a smiley face. Another message was written that stated, I miss you when you're gone. And Julian's boss actually testified that Julian did not use bags to bring his lunch to work. He would use a blue cooler to bring his lunch to work. So this was out of the ordinary. Police interviewed Teresa again and she stated that she offered money for a man named Matthew to kill her husband. While she was in jail, she asked to speak with investigators and told them she had more information. She also hired a man named Rodney to kill her husband and she told police her daughter assisted with the murders. And during the trial, her competence and mental state were tested to enter a plea of guilty to charges of capital murder. Dr. Haskins, was a forensic psychiatrist used for the trial. So let's talk about the IQ test and scoring. According to IQ Test Academy, an average score is 90 to 109. 110 to 119 is a high average, and 120 to 129 is superior, and 130 to 144 is gifted or very advanced. 70 to 79 is cognitively impaired. Teresa tested 72. A forensic psychiatrist stated that she was not mentally retarded, but is very close to it. These are the psychiatrist's words, not mine. Dr. Haskin stated that Teresa graduated from high school and completed one year of college and was competent to stand trial. Teresa was also diagnosed with Dependent Personality Disorder by three other psychiatrists. Dependent personality disorder is a type of anxious personality disorder, and according to Cleveland Clinic, a person that suffers from this disorder feels helpless and submissive or incapable of taking care of themselves. These people may have issues making simple decisions in life. And supposedly, her defense attorney advised her to plead guilty to the capital charges because the evidence against Teresa was overwhelming. However, it was recorded that her guilty plea was made voluntarily, intelligently, and knowingly. Both men that did kill julian and his son charles were both sentenced to life in prison matthew committed suicide in prison in 2006 and christy Christy, teresa's daughter served five years in prison because she knew about the murder for hire but did not report it and something else that is very shocking is Christie actually had sexual intercourse with one of the men in a car while her mom had sexual intercourse in another vehicle in the same parking lot. Teresa was serving on death row at the Fluvana Correctional Center for Women in Troy, Virginia, in two thousand and ten. A petition for clemency was filed. Her lawyers claimed she did not possess the intelligence to have planned the killings and alleged that one of the men manipulated her. Virginia Governor Bob McDonnell stated that medical and psychological reports provided no reason to grant clemency. Teresa's last meal was two fried chicken breast, sweet peas with butter, a Dr. Pepper, and an apple pie for dessert. Kathy Lewis Clifton, Teresa's stepdaughter, attended the execution. Teresa's last words were, I just want Kathy to know that I love you and I'm very sorry. Teresa was executed on September 23, 2010 at 9.13 p.m. by lethal injection at Greensville Correctional Center. She was 41 years old. The hours leading up to her execution, she spent praying and singing with a spiritual advisor and family members. Teresa was reported to be the 12th woman to be executed in the United States since the death penalty was reinstated in seventy six. Teresa was the first woman to be executed by lethal injection in Virginia, and her body was cremated after her execution. Her victims were 51-year-old Julian and 25-year-old Charles. So, what do you think? Was Teresa mentally incompetent based on her IQ test and was manipulated by one of her boyfriends, or was this calculated and planned out by her? Let me know what you think. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm sorry it's been so long, but we're going to start jumping into this every two weeks. Don't forget to subscribe and please rate and review on Apple Podcast. Go follow my Insta at lethal underscore podcast or feel free to shoot me an email at lethal.tcpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tune in next Sunday for a new case and a new inmate. I'll be covering a new death or inmate in a new state. See you then. All the information used in my podcast came from the following sources, ABC News article by Ariana DeVogue and Michael S. James, bbc.com, clevelandclinic.org, deathpenaltyinfo.org, iqtestacademy.org, and Murderpedia. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see y'all on Monday.